Thank you for joining us for the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mays, and with me is Jay Jones. Hello. Good morning. Well, that was uh, a little bit different. Yeah. This is Text Driven Tuesday, and uh, we talked about not having Text Driven Tuesday over the summer, yeah, but we have a different people preach. But Jay preached such a bizarre sermon yesterday <laughs> <laughs> that we thought uh, it might be helpful. Yeah, if we talked about it a little bit more. Yeah, because the truth is out there. The truth is out there, and that was the uh, the X Files <laughs> theme song. Yeah, people may not know what X Files is, but uh, X Files nineties. Uh, when when was the last season of that? I don't know. Did it make it into the 2000s? I think it did. I, I don't. It may have had Early a reboot, 2000s. like a reboot or something for a final season. Yeah. I remember watching it, like you, on Friday nights um, with my dad, mm-hmm. um, and I was in high school, so that's that's late 90s. Yeah, yeah. I um, guess it, it had a good. But run. that was that was still kind of early in the in the series, so it probably made it into the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. We're going to be talking about the sermon that Jay preached on Sunday here at Christ Fellowship Church, and uh, of course, want to encourage you to go back and listen to the sermon. Um, it was on Ephesians chapter six, verses ten through twelve. And uh, what? What? <laughs> before we get into the sermon itself, okay. yeah, and this has <laughs> the potential of becoming a mega. A mega episode thought, yeah. if we it don't uh, if, if we start chasing rabbits but um why why this sermon <laughs> all right so and then people will get why the x-files theme song too, right right uh so the the government has acknowledged the existence of what used to be called ufos right they call them they change the name now they call them uaps mm-hmm. unidentified aerial phenomenon um so they, I don't know why they changed the name, but they changed the name. Probably so, because UFO sounds yeah, it's completely got a, wacky. A cultural stigma to it. <laughs> it does. Yeah. So what what has occurred is that over the past like year, a couple of videos have been leaked, and they were taken by uh, fighter pilots, and it's clearly. It, that don't know what it is, but it's been recorded by actual by our technology. Mm-hmm. Not only has it been recorded, I mean, multiple times by uh, multiple sensors, uh, but it's been seen by multiple pilots. Uh, they weren't alone when they saw it. Some of them <coughs> took pictures of it with their phones, even. Yeah. This, uh, this has become so um, public and accepted that you sent me the the 60 minutes segment they uh-huh. actually had a segment on 60 minutes like this is not fringe right this is not fringe news sources this isn't uh-huh. alex jones right this is 60 minutes um they actually have a segment where they're interviewing people that have actually seen this stuff and they're military yep yep they right. have so the uh what marco Rubio, senator marco rubio um he's taking like a, the approach of hey there's apparently stuff that is not our it's not our stuff yeah it's way it's way advanced. So he did a little sneaky sneak, mm-hmm. and the COVID uh, relief bill, the like trillion 
whatever three yeah. trillion dollar it was you know insane five thousand five hundred page thing he snuck in a little <laughs> you know a little side deal like they always do uh-huh. a little extra right. something because nobody reads stuff anyway yeah and and in that it said that the Pentagon uh, Secretary of Defense and like the NSA whatever they had to put together a classified brief to uh, Senate some committee right. But then they also would have to release to the American public everything they could related to UFOs, which they call UAPs. So that happened uh, last week, last two weeks. The classified within the the uh, the unclassified version pretty much just says of 144 recorded encounters, um, we can answer what one of them is. Okay, right there was a it was like some balloon or weather balloon or something, but. The others they can't. So here, some of the stuff that they saw and that were recorded on radar, and there are other sensors, I guess, that they can't tell us how they recorded it because they don't want our enemies right. to know we have whatever capabilities. But starting in 2004, um, I hesitate to say objects because we don't really know. Is it an object? Is it technology? That's we talk about that later, but that's usually where we go. That's where they all went. Yeah. Something you know. It's something. Something. Uh, that ma- can materialize and dematerialize, yeah. like fa- phase in and out of our okay. reality, and then it can go thirteen thousand miles an hour, like instantly, with no propulsion device, like observable propulsion, like change ninety degrees, also, mm-hmm. like immediately. So it's violating the, like all the laws of physics. Um, can do the same thing underwater, like so. It's almost like one person described it. It's like it's like th- this thing is sliding through like space time not disturbing the air or water mm. um, but it can be captured on radar and thermal imaging and all kinds of stuff you know yeah. and they've taken pictures of it with their phone and it's crazy <laughs> man so the you know Marco Senator Marco Rubio's thing was like this is a possible threat right who cares about the stigma? We need to find out what's going on. Right. So he he did a little sneak and forced. He was he's what the the yeah. chair of the defense. Yeah, he's on. Yeah, something like that. And uh, so now they, it's kind of a huge step. I mean, to acknowledge <laughs> right this stuff that's out there. So everybody needs to apologize for making fun of all the tinfoil hat wearing <laughs> people out there, right? So um, okay, so this is this is weird. Yeah. Okay. Super weird, yeah. So, um, it, it, <laughs> hopefully, people haven't turned it off. They're like, oh, hopefully well, not. Hopefully, well, it they. Uh, <laughs> it was good while it lasted. <laughs> um, so there, there is something that they're picking up. Mm-hmm. Um, the sixty minutes segment they showed some of the declassified videos. Yeah. Um, and there's there's something uh-huh. that's moving around. Yeah. Um, they they don't know what it is. Why does this matter? Why, uh, <laughs> why? Okay, we we come to church on on a Sunday morning. We're singing these great songs, uh-huh. you know. We sang "It Is Well" and and uh, we we sang these these great these great songs, mm-hmm. right? Ancient mm-hmm. of Days. Um, had a, a pastoral prayer, uh, extolling the the greatness of God, and then you get up and start talking about aliens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Why does this matter? Okay, so the intro will of this uh, will help people to understand. So, a couple of things I think uh, 
will, will happen when people see this, uh, well, at least Westerners, uh, Western churchgoers. Let, let me, let me, before you do that, let me ask you a question. Okay. So we've got, we've got military here in America that yeah. are seeing this stuff. Yeah. It's not ours. Right. The, the Pentagon, Pentagon is saying it's not ours. Yeah. Right. Um, have other countries experienced the same stuff? Like, are we sure that this isn't China right. messing yes. with us? Um, uh, there is a 99.9% chance that it's not human. I mean, you can't ever say 100. Who, who knows, right? But um, it's pretty near certain it's not. Yeah, uh, th- these things have been observed pretty much everywhere. Okay. But the, prob- the problem is, is in 2004 is when they're first, they'll admit to first seeing it. Okay. Like that's one of those leaked videos. And in 2004, we we're like 20 years militarily ahead of China and Russia. Okay. We know that. So we're the best there is on okay. the, in the world. And it's far beyond anything we ever dream of. And so we know, like, it's likely not human. Okay. <laughs> right. But they won't say that. So they'd have to find... In, the, in, the, in ha- the report, they won't They won't come right out and say that. <laughs> they, they, so this would have to be like, like Red Skull finding alien technology yeah right to, to suddenly boost yeah you found the tesseract the thing. tesseract to, to have this technological <laughs> yeah. explosion yeah. Uh-huh. right okay okay so i just wanted to make sure that like this isn't it's it's probably not possible that this is some other country that has suddenly taken this huge leap mm-hmm. okay yeah so i think you know what what happens is um what has the potential to happen is for christians to see it and say, well, the Bible never addresses anything like this, uh, and I, I, and so you start to doubt the Bible. Like, is the Bible trustworthy? Is uh, can I believe in any of this? Like, you'd think something this big, like God will have spoken about it. And the reason I think that happens is because we have become uh, materialist. We've been conditioned in that fashion, like not in the sense that we like material things, mm-hmm. you know, like, like we are. Uh, Though many Americans are in that sense materialists, but philosophical materialism, right. where you only really believe in what you can, what can be tested with the scientific method. Right. So th- the natural world really is all that there is. What we can, what we can, you know, empirical, observe, empirical evidence, yeah, right? We can observe using the five senses mm-hmm. and tested, and and uh, we we have been conditioned to this way over um, so like the past hundred years at least. You know, since the, the Enlightenment happened, and probably more than a hundred years, we've and here we are. We've arrived. Christians will affirm God. That's supernatural, right? So we'll affirm the supernatural in some sense. God, Jesus, the Incarnation, the Trinity, um, heaven. But when we start talking about uh, things like what we're seeing, like. We're seeing something that can't be explained. The place we initially go is not to our, hey, what's a Bible answer? We fall back into our conditioning, and, and the, I think the, the, the dots that are connected are, that must be technology, and technology is made by like uh, intelligent beings, mm-hmm. right? Intelligent beings must be far advanced, like they're way more advanced than we are. They can break the laws of the universe with these things. Um, Aliens, right? Aliens from somewhere else in the universe. God never talked about 
super intelligent beings from other parts of the universe, mm -hmm. and therefore, like, I can't really, is the Bible worldview collapses, or can I even trust the Bible? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that, that um, we, we hear of this stuff, and we immediately say that this has to be made by, you know, some carbon-based mm -hmm. being right. <laughs> from the other side of the galaxy. Yeah, right? yeah. So that's that. That's the that's my worry, right? So I'm thinking, okay, what can I do to head that off mm -hmm. for anyone in our church okay. to reaffirm uh, sufficiency of Scripture, Scripture alone? I think the Bible speaks to all of this. And uh, what's it, very interesting though about this is it's messing with the worldview of like atheists and agnostics too, mm -hmm. because they're they're hardcore materialists, right? But many of them, you know, they're they're more scientific than probably most Christians are, everyday Christian, and they realize, okay, this is the laws of the universe are being broken here, and they're like, and then they, their dots are, the universe is too big for a, another civilization, that's what they're acknowledging. And if you could travel the speed of light, like by the time you get here, you're, you're like old and dead. It's, that's how big the universe is. And so they, they say, well, this is possibly interdimensional beings. Mm. They use that terminology, interdimensional beings. And, but then they also realize... Well, hold up! Now I've crossed into the realm of supernatural, <laughs> because that's th what they're talking about now. Cannot be tested or verified. Right? Y you can't use science to test, and mm -hmm. this is so they're talking about supernatural things, and okay. that kind of bothers them. But for them, it's like, is that the best explanation? I mean, they can see it. You, you can look at it. Yeah. Okay. So Ephesians six ten through twelve. You know, it puts, uh, I think it puts right out there in front um, a, a, uh, the, Bible, the Bible's worldview and cosmology, yeah. which can answer this. There's, right. a, there's a place for this, what we cannot explain. Yeah. Um, and it can fit in with what the Bible has already, what God's already revealed. Okay. And that's what this passage, I think, the strength of this passage. Okay, so you want to go ahead and read that passage, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about the sermon, and we'll we'll be kind of bringing some more of this into mm -hmm. the sermon, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll read it. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Okay. So you had you had three theological truths mm -hmm. to bolster our faith and to evangelize. Yeah, to help us evangelize. Right. Um, so the uh, the three theological truths is there's a biblical cosmology, mm -hmm. right? Um, there's the reality of supernatural evil, mm -hmm. and then um, the, there's strategies of... The, the evil one, mm -hmm. right? Um, all right. Well, let's let's just talk about this biblical cosmology because okay. we're uh, we're talking about that. You you're gonna see. You know, if you watch these videos, you can go on YouTube and watch the sixty minutes um, segment. It's like an eight minute long segment, um, and you can see these videos. And the first thing that people will think is space aliens, right? Okay, that could be an explanation but well we again we've been conditioned over right we've been conditioned to, to immediately that. think that right but the bible presents a cosmology that has room for um this this type of phenomenon right right um so what what is that 
what do we see in this this passage that explains kind of this biblical cosmology? Uh, maybe maybe define yeah, cosmology yeah. in case people don't know so what that means. The, your cosmology is what you believe about reality, about the universe. So take take the um, the materialist cosmology; those that would say they're skeptics, mm-hmm. the Scullies, right? Mulder is in the X Files; he's a believer. Uh-huh. The supernatural Scully, she's a skeptic. She's yeah. a science. She's a scientist, and so they go out investigating paranormal activity, and she's like. I don't believe there's a scientific explanation to all of this, to everything. Yeah. By the end of the show, you know, her world, her cosmology collapses, right? That's, <laughs> that's kind of how it all, but it takes like a million seasons. <laughs> but uh, the cosmology for, for the materialists, yeah, it's all there is is the universe, and that's it. And only thing that, that we can observe and test, and there's no supernatural. Um, so for them, there's no God, no, there's you know, no Jesus, no miracles. Um, None of that. The universe is a cosmic accident, uh, given the laws of the universe. They say the, which is this is a nonsense, stupid statement. But they mm-hmm. say, given the laws of the universe, the universe will and must create itself from nothing. Right. It's one of the dumb, <laughs> dumbest statements ever. All right. But that's that's truly what they what they hold to. There's nothing but the universe. Yeah. The the Bible the the biblical cosmology on the other hand is uh, is what we would say corresponds with reality we'd say they're believing untruth we believe in reality mm-hmm. god the only one who can tell you the nature of reality is the one that was there when everything began and so our cosmology starts with god who has existed eternally uh, as three uh, in three persons one god in three persons the father son and the holy spirit uh, before there was ever such a thing as time or space or anything and it stretches our mind to even think of that mm-hmm. you can't even say well how long did was god like that Right, because there's no time. Right, there's no time. Yeah, God hasn't created anything, mm-hmm. uh, and so that's how we can say God is love, because you know God has eternally lived that way and been happy in Himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Father and the Son loving each other, the Holy Spirit, and the Father. You know, they all are in this community, this relationship of love, one God and three persons. And out of an overflow, I think you should think of creation as an overflow of God's goodness, mm-hmm. of that greatness of who he is. Right. He doesn't create because he he needs people to love. He's already satisfied in himself. Yeah. And so he that overflow of love is creation and he's created people beings so that they can behold how great he is and they can experience his love as well. And so God creates the universe. Now if you come to this passage, I think what is clear that you can read and we'll have to go back to the back, the beginning of the Bible to get it. But the biblical cosmology is that the universe is in conflict. That's the nature of the universe mm-hmm. is conflict. Um, so I, I think this is, and this is going to get into um, angelology. Mm-hmm. You know, our doctrine of, of angels, which people probably don't even that that may be new for a lot of people. They they may not even have a uh, a theological category <laughs> for this. They they just the Bible talks about angels, but they haven't really thought about what that means. Right. Um, and uh, I, I think both of us were in that that place also. I, uh-huh. I know I was. Um, it was helpful to read um, uh, uh, Doug Van Dorn's The Angel of the Lord. I know you've been reading Michael Heiser's mm-hmm. What the Supernatural Realm, is that yep. what it's called? Um, so there's, there's some books out there that are starting to, I think, expand our understanding of, of this biblical cosmology. Yeah. That there is... 
um, I, I guess, do we want to call it like another dimension? You could. You could use uh, uh, the term realm. Or yeah, there is a, there is a, spir- there is a spiritual realm. Yeah. And when people hear that term spiritual, they think of ghost, <laughs> like right. wisp of, of yeah. smoke. And, yeah. and it's not, they, they have this, um, like it's not, it's not physical, it's spiritual. Right. And I think we need to get past that. Spiritual is not the antithesis of physical. Right. So angels are created, are created beings. beings. Yes. And they're spiritual, they're heavenly, but they also are physical. Right. Now we don't we don't have all the explanation about what that means. Yeah. But an angel So let's let's just take, you know, Gabriel. We mm-hmm. know Gabriel is an angel. He, yeah. He's actually given a name in in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. He's this messenger angel. Mm-hmm. At this moment, Gabriel is someplace right 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 like he's not he's not this wisp of smoke that just you know exists in this weird dimension like there he has to be in a place because he is a being he is a creature right so he's he is someplace and that's and when we say someplace that means that it is a place, right? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so there yeah. is there is some kind of realm beyond this realm where there are beings, there are persons who exist in a, a, a time space location. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's right. You should think of in your biblical cosmology when God creates, he creates everything. Right. And that includes the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. So there's our realm or our dimension. It's the what we call the physical and it's in, it's inhabited by persons. Yeah. Well, there's another realm. Um, Colossians 1.16 tells us that Jesus created everything that right. exists. Right. And it's, he created everything. It's all created by him and for him. But the terms used there are the visible and the invisible. Right. And that tells us, hey, there are at least two places. <laughs> yeah. There's this place, the visible. And when he says invisible, he means to us. Invisible to us. Right? <laughs> Not that it's... Not that it's invisible You're right. to them. We right? don't have access to this other place, right. realm, unless God uh, in, in, intervenes and mm-hmm. through some supernatural means, which He has. Right. We can talk about that. And we know that times. we know that these angels they have form mm-hmm. because angels have come into the visible realm. Yeah, right. They have. And when they when they come into the visible realm, we we've, we've talked about Genesis six. Like there is some. They had some kind of body, yeah, right? Yeah. That they interacted with human women. Right. Um, Genesis chapter 18. Uh, Abraham lifts up his eyes and he sees three men. Mm-hmm. Um, two of them are angels. The The third one is the Son of God. Mm-hmm. But they have physical form. Yeah. Um, they, 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 eat. Eat, they eat. Right? Yeah. They eat. Um, they talk. They talk. Um, they you can communicate with they're them. They're not doing they, like they're not doing psychic like right. Telepathy, yeah, it's not telepathy. telepathy. They open their mouths. Their tongue and agitates the airwaves. They are interacting with the the visible. Right. right? Um, they take up space. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, they go down to Sodom and Gomorrah. They interact with Lot. They actually can grab him and drag him out of the city. Like they're they actually are interacting. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and we, we see this all throughout the, the Old and the New Testament. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the angel of the Lord, when, and this is where we could get, we could just start chasing. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, the angel of the Lord, the second person of the Trinity, he interacts with people all the time. Like, mm-hmm. he actually appears to people. Mm-hmm. Um, it, look at the language that's used, the, yeah. you know, when the word of the Lord appears right. to Abraham uh-huh. in a vision. And said? And says. Right. right? He's, Abraham is not hearing this disembodied voice. He's seeing someone who's talking to him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting, Genesis 15, he, he, he the Lord, takes him outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's not just, he's not just you know, um, uh, sleepwalking. Yeah. Like he, he actually is seeing someone who's saying, come outside and let me right. show you this. Um, so there, there, there is a, and these are spiritual beings who have physical form. Yeah. Right. And I don't think they just take on form when they enter our realm either. Right. Um, it's not, it's like, not instant creation of a body and then right. they disappear. Like they, I, they've got some kind of, of form. Right. Yeah. There, there's something, what's the technical term? Um, there's there's an essence to them, right? Right. You know, like the philosophy. What is a chair? What is the essence of a chair? <laughs> right. What is the essence of a man, right. of a body? A man. You know, yeah. whatever they have, they have some type of a body. Like, and the body can traverse the realms or the dimensions. Yeah. Like they're interdimensional beings. Right. We'll use the terminology of that's being used today. A- angels and their various classes are interdimensional beings. So not only are they can they interact in this realm. I mean, in the Bible, angels make warfare. They kill mm-hmm. they kill humans. Right. Um they talk with people, they eat with people, uh touch people, mm-hmm. um influence all kinds of things. But also sometimes people are taken through like the veil into the other realm. Yeah. They talk there. Right. Like how do you talk if you're a floaty mist thing? <laughs> you know, right. they're not doing again, not ESP. Yeah. This is another place we don't have access to. It's not like our place. It's different. Yeah. Um we don't know a lot about it, but they have form there too. Wait, like and, they're they're described as having form, right? Like what it, do they look like? It, well, they have six wings and, and yeah. they're flying. Uh, uh, they're in, singing to God. They're in, singing in to Job God. In Job one and two, when the angels gather together, and and Satan also comes, they're in a place. And they're able right. to recognize each other. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like who? What floaty mist? You know, is as I'm as we're talking, I'm thinking uh, a an interesting. Um, uh, story to kind of illustrate this is the story of Balaam and his donkey. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's riding on his donkey, and the angel of the Lord is is standing in the way, and the donkey can see him. Balaam can't. Yeah, but he's there, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like he's he's there, but but he's in the invisible realm where Balaam can't see him, but the donkey can. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of that story, um, the Balaam's eyes are open, and he sees him. Yeah, that's not when he's actually there. He, he's he's there already. Yeah, but what, it, Balaam is given the, the ability like to that. see that Who he's is, there. Is it Elijah? Where he says, "Open your eyes," or uh, in the guy, the armies, and he yeah. opens his yeah, eyes, and the there's angels, angels everywhere. Right. Yeah. 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 So say, say, same type of thing. Um, yeah. So they have form. Um, they're different classes. There's regular, apparently just regular, like Gabriel messenger mm-hmm. angels look like man. There are other angels that look really weird, um, like multiple heads. With and I don't think it's just some symbology. Yeah, I think these are creatures that are, uh, well, what Peter calls them, glorious ones, right? Right. Uh, the pow- there's classes, so mm-hmm. from like a regular to different authorities, apparently, and there's apparently different levels of power too. Mm-hmm. 
that they are able to to wield. And, and we see that in the text, right? Yeah. Yeah. We don't know exactly how the classes are breaking down, but there's diversity among these type of persons. Um, it may be weird for people to think of them as persons, but they are persons with some type of mind and intelligence. Conscience. Uh, they're, they're self-aware. They mm-hmm. know their, who they are, like we know who we are. There, there couldn't have been a rebellion, and we'll get to that in just a minute. There couldn't have been a rebellion without them having a conscience. Yes, right? yeah. That they actually are conscious beings mm-hmm. who can have choice. Yep. Right? They make choices. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, we know they're cherubim, seraphim. Um, uh, regular angels, mm-hmm. seraphim. We don't know exactly what that is like, but they're the the burning the burning seraphim ones. means bur- the burning ones, right? Yeah, and it also can have connotation of some type of serpentine mm-hmm. being. Um, yeah, I mean this, the this war this world this realm that we don't have access to is is inhabited by. All kinds of creatures that God made. So when God created everything, He created, and both of these realms exist, right? Um, they can traverse into ours. They're interdimensional beings. We are not. We cannot go there. But people have gone there by God's by God's uh, direct action. Enoch was taken up. Um, Elijah's taken up in a chariot of fire, which I find interesting. Yeah. Like, is that just symbology to tell you, like, or is is Elisha? trying to say in human terms what's in his, which we can't describe, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, so chariot of fire, right. like a transportation device of some type, <laughs> right. taking a human into another di- dimension. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting to think about. But there's also a third place, and I think this is important. There's a place um, which is called the third heaven, which Paul said he was taken up to, but mm-hmm. I can't tell you about, uh, which always really bothers me, because I'm like, why, why bring it up? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like uh, you know in Revelation where John hears the seven thunders and then he writes that he was told he can't he can't yeah, explain can't, the yeah. seven thunders like why <laughs> why even why even tell us this <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but this place is God's presence and I think this is when Jesus says today you'll be with me in paradise it's the part of where, when people die the abode of the dead you know Sheol has two parts but there's a part of the universe that is God's presence. It's uh, the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Like we pray, we're taught to pray that God's will would be done on earth as it is done in heaven. That's the third heaven, because God's will is not done in this other spiritual place. Mm-hmm. This other realm is in rebellion against God. That takes us back to, to to bridge us to the fall. Like after God created everything and everything was good. Uh, there was rebellion in this spiritual world, this place that we don't have access to. That, and that rebellion and conflict came over into our realm mm-hmm. uh, when the serpent, that's all we know about him at that time, the serpent deceives <clears throat> the woman. Adam stands there like a little coward and goes along with everything. And then we become rebels as well. These angelic beings were in rebellion in the spiritual world, but now it's bled into our world and so both both places now are places of conflict, and that's what God promises. He promises a conflict. From mm-hmm. that point on, there will be a conflict, and the conflict is going to be between the serpent and the seed of the woman. And that's kind of the trajectory the whole Bible follows is this storyline of conflict, right. of this war, this cosmic war mm-hmm. that's going to unfold. Uh, but God also promises that He's going to destroy the serpent, 
the one who has plunged both realms into rebellion against God, and he's going to do it through this coming promised one that we don't know that much about yet in the beginning of the Bible. Yeah. <clears throat> and so there's a promised victory as well. And so that when, when you come to this passage, that's what you see. You see a world, uh, a universe, that contains multiple realms and beings of the human type and the supernatural type, and it's an it's a conflict. Yeah. And we're told, or Paul tells the Ephesians and the Christians and us, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand, mm. take a stand like a soldier. Uh, you've got to turn. You can't turn and run. You've got to turn and fight um, against the devil yeah. and against his schemes. Yeah. Um, and so that that's the biblical cosmology. Right. And I think maybe a, a word of caution might be helpful, um, because as we're talking about this, um, there's a lot of room for speculation. Yeah. Like, we can speculate about a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and some of it's fun, <clears throat> right. um, as long as we're not imposing things upon the text right. that um, we, we don't know. Yeah. Um, and so we want to be really careful. Like, there's a reason why Paul warns the Colossians um, against angel worship. Mm -hmm. That's why, uh, you know, you walk into a Christian bookstore and you're surrounded by ceramic angels, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> we have to be really careful um, to recognize that the angels are not the, they're not the main characters of the story. Right. Um, it, when we get to Hebrews, we're going to see that in Hebrews chapter one, the, the author of Hebrews takes yeah. great great pains to show that Jesus is not just another angel. Right. Um there there is a wide chasm right. <laughs> between yeah. the sun and the angels. Mm -hmm. So we have to be really careful not to um to spend all of our time on this this endless speculation. Mm -hmm. Um and so we want to make sure that we're avoiding that that danger. Right. I mean there's a there's a pitfall that we can so there's, you can go to two extremes. On the one, you can uh, forget that there is this reality. Um, on the other, you can make this reality yeah. um, too all-important mm -hmm. um, to what God has revealed to us. Mm -hmm. I mean, he hasn't revealed a whole lot of details about right. this, this other realm, yeah. and he hasn't told us a whole lot about the angels. Right. We know they're ministering spirits. Um, we know we're, we're going to get into... There's good angels and bad angels, yep. right? Um, but beyond that, he hasn't he hasn't really told us very much, right? Yeah, we like, don't know. We know seraphim means burning ones, mm -hmm. and there's it's one of the, I think the root is the same as serpent. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's all kinds of speculation there right now that, <laughs> that we could just spend all of our time talking about. Mm -hmm. But we want to make sure that we don't go crazy, right? Right. But the main the main point that you're trying to make here is that we have to be aware that there is this reality right that there 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 is this this other realm and it's real it's yeah. and it, it actually it actually does matter because right. of the conflict right like we're we can't just be blissfully ignorant of the fact that there are spiritual realities behind us or else why is paul writing this in the first place right like these uh sec the second this is the strength of the bible too and why you can use all of these points to evangelize the world. Each one of them you can use, because they're like, well, this 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 doesn't fit my materialist worldview, and then they go, well, maybe they're interdimensional beings, right? Right. That's what they appear to be. They yeah. can phase in and out of our reality. Okay. Like, 
um, and like, oh, you guys are two thousand years late or more, <laughs> right? More than you're more than two thousand years late yeah. because God's already told us about this. Right. We've been believing this all along. Yeah. That there are interdimensional beings. Yeah. That can enter our reality. Right, so we're ahead of you. And, yeah, and welcome, welcome on over. Come see what else the Bible tells us about. You know. <laughs> so, so before we get to point two, we need to get to point two. But, but before we get there, mm-hmm. we've been talking about these weird objects mm-hmm. that have been flying around. Right. How do we view this in light of this supernatural reality? Are we saying that this is supernatural? Is that I mean, again, we're it's kind of speculating, but right. but where where what would you what would you say? Like, if someone were to watch this video, should we just say, "Well, this is supernatural"? Should we say this is? Uh... <laughs> <clears throat> well, I can't tell you exactly what. I mean, no one can tell you exactly what it is. Yeah. But when things break the laws of the universe, you've entered the realm of the supernatural, whether yeah. you whether you want to admit it or not. Mm-hmm. Like the laws of physics are being broken before your eyes. Right. You know, we used to call those miracles. Yeah. But we're too advanced now to say miracles. Okay. So we'll come up with all kinds of right. other jargon. Okay. We'll even tap into the sci-fi. Right. Right. People will do anything to not admit the obvious of what's happening. Yeah. They'll be like, well. They're so advanced, maybe they're time travelers, <laughs> right? They've figured out how to break the laws of physics, Yeah, and they're, they're here. Uh-huh. What you're seeing is them right. tapping into our reality from a, a future timeline, yeah. <laughs> right? <clears throat> right. Okay, maybe we'll get back to this that's when we... People, that's the type of stuff people will say, but right. I mean, th- I think, I think the, the bibl- a biblical explanation could be um, angels have the ability to enter our our realm. They've yeah. been doing it for a long time. How they do it, we don't know. Like, okay, God, Jesus, they can do it at will mm-hmm. with their own person, yeah. but there are no people like God, Yeah. right? Right. God's not bound by time or space or anything. It's reasonable to believe that angels are bound by time and space right. in some capacities, mm-hmm. some way. They right? had a beginning. Yeah. Um, so do they use some type of technology to enter our realm? Hmm. I don't know. No one really knows, right? right? Yeah. Um, I'm just saying it's a possibility, uh, and for me, and for me, I think it's more likely than all the other explanations. I think what we're probably seeing um, are angelic activity of okay. some type. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get back to that when we get to point three. Okay. Um, and we can maybe ask a few more questions. So right. let's go. So that's a biblical biblical cosmology. Mm-hmm. There, there is a spiritual realm, and yeah. and Paul writes about it here. He writes about it in, in Colossians, um, where we see it all through the the scripture. Right. That mm-hmm. this is this is not metaphor. Um, when when we hear you know the the prophets seeing visions, that doesn't mean they're not seeing something that's real. Mm-hmm. Um, they're seeing they're they're being. Uh, allowed to see the invisible made visible. Yep. Right. Okay, so the the second theological truth is that there there is the reality of supernatural evil. Mm-hmm. Um and you've already you've already kind of introduced that um that there is a devil. Right. Right. Um but we don't we don't really take that seriously. You don't, you don't really right. believe in a you don't really yeah. believe in a personal devil, do you, Jay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And this is a this is more of a Western problem, though. I, yeah. I promise you, people in the East and in other parts of the world that aren't 
yeah. haven't been influenced by the Enlightenment. They mm-hmm. don't have a problem believing in supernatural evil. Yeah, they don't. Mm-hmm. That, this is this is a Western deal. We've we've outgrown this. Like like the belief in the supernatural that was in our infancy, as if you're speaking intellectually. Yeah. And we as Westerners, we we have grown up now, George. Finally, and we realize that you know supernatural and miracles aren't real. God's not real, <laughs> and this and the devil. You know, the devil isn't real either. There's no such thing as a real devil or Satan. This is this is just part of... He's a boogeyman, right? Yeah. To make little kids behave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so it's like a, there's a character of him, the pitchfork guy, yeah. you know, red guy, cartoony. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they even make shows about him now where he's like, uh, what, is, what do they call it, An- uh, anti-hero? <laughs> right. Like there's a show called Lucifer or something. I haven't watched it. Uh-huh, yeah. But... He's the protagonist of, yeah, the, he's of not, the story. Yeah, he's not. This is not the one we're talking about. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> no, it is not. The uh, and what's interesting is to see people. So we know we know a little bit more about this spiritual being than we know about any of the other. Yeah, spiritual beings. We we we, we do. get some snapshots of this one, right? We do. Yeah, um, I mean, we go when we go to the end in Revelation. I mean, we're kind of told like, hey, he's. The dragon calls him the dragon, right. the ancient serpent. I wonder who that could be. Maybe the one in Genesis three, <laughs> right? Right. He's called the dragon, the ancient serpent, the devil, and Satan. Which, which is interesting when we start talking about seraphim mm-hmm. as these burning ones who maybe look like serpents. Uh, it, it, yeah. You know, he when when John says he sees a dragon. He may not be talking in symbols. He may not be. Like, right. like Satan may be a burning one. Right. When, when you think of a burning serpent, <laughs> what what does your mind immediately go to? Yeah. It goes to a dragon, right? Right. Like there's a there is a reason why he's he's kind of he's he's talked about as a serpent in Genesis three, but he also is able to talk. Like people struggle with this. Like, is he possessing a serpent? Is like, is this metaphor? Maybe he is a talking serpent. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, that um, you know, if you see this this burning one um, telling you, if you eat this, you'll be like God. <laughs> Maybe Eve would be like, oh yeah, I can trust this one. Right. He's obviously different. He's a super. He's super being. Yeah. Um, I mean, the seraphim, they're close to God's throne. Mm-hmm. Like, they're right there close, as close as you can get, I, I guess. And they, right. you know, they kind of shield themselves mm-hmm. from the holiness of God. They sing. And yeah, I mean, we, we, even with him, though, we don't, we don't know a lot. Right. Um, but the, the reason people struggle with the reality of supernatural evil, where, you know, in the West where we live, is because, like I said, we've outgrown it and we think there's a, a we think we have, we have answers for everything, right? right? So we have psychology to help individuals when they have individual problems, and psychology can solve everything that's wrong with you. Um, everything that's wrong in society can be can be solved through the sociology, and if we apply the right education, give people the right economic opportunities. So they're varying varying systems of and theories of what's best what what economies are best what what will best you know pull us out of all of our caveman activity where, where <laughs> right. we're Ev- so, evil is just kind of an illusion right? right it's not it's not real it can it can all be fixed mm-hmm. through education psychology all all of this right. and and this is what has been believed for ever right since since the enlightenment and the past 100 years how that has played out 
even uh, kind of agnostic people are acknowledging um, why is there still evil around? Mm. Haven't we come up with ways to fix all of this stuff? Right. Like, why is it still here? Why are we still having these problems? Um, there's a book that was written called The Death of Satan, written by a skeptic uh, from Columbia University, Andrew Del Banco, and the book just begins with this sentence, a gulf has opened up in our culture between the visibility of evil and the intellectual resources available for coping with it. So like, so that just tells you right off the bat. Then, you know, they, they, there's all these evils listed. Some of them I can't even read on here. They're so bad. But the problem is that, that people are grappling with is, I thought we had all the answers. Yeah. And they're beginning to see we don't. Mm. Maybe there is evil. I heard, Tim, I heard Tim Keller talk about this once. Um, he was using the Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Do you remember on the Silence of the Lambs when uh, Agent Starling, that's her name, right? Clarice, Clarice Starling yeah. meets Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to her, and she says something like, what happened to you? And he's like, what happened to me? I happened. <laughs> and he's like, look at me. And, and she like, he's like, can you bear to think in your mind that I am evil? <laughs> right? Because in her mind, she's a psychologist. <laughs> right. She's like, well, what happened to you to make you become right. like this? And yeah. he's like, no, I happened. <laughs> it's who I am. And yeah, I, the you know, the... the unbelievers atheists they they have um they have answers to the the minor social ills but they don't have a they they have no answer to um massive evil mm-hmm. like real like holocaust like they don't have an answer to right. that level of evil serial killers and terrorists that nine a nine eleven they they just they can't explain that level of evil or um uh, what is the book, like in the Brothers K, when he's, Brothers Kosmanoff, you know, the book where he's describing the things that, um, the evils of communism mm-hmm. and how they would, for fun, yeah. throw, throw babies up in the air and catch them on yeah. bayonets. Uh-huh. You can't describe that. Right. How does that evil come into the world? Mm-hmm. It's, there's no explanation, except for that there is actually real supernatural evil. Right. There, there really is. Mm-hmm. There is supernatural evil in the world. And the Bible says the world is under the influence of this mega-powerful being. That's the, the best way to describe Satan is a mega-powerful, hyper-intelligent, shrewd, deceitful, evil, mm-hmm. interdimensional being. Right. A being able to traverse both realms. Mm-hmm. That's in rebellion and hates God. He hates God, and so he hates us. He hates the image of God. Yeah. Hates God, hates his image, bears. He literally is like, um, do you remember, Alfred, what he says to uh, Batman? They're talking in the cave. He's trying to grapple with the Joker, mm-hmm. and he's like, tells him that story of like South America or whatever, and he goes, yeah. why, why was he doing it? And he said, you don't get it. Some people just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> right. Right. That's Satan. Right. Yeah. He just wants to watch the world burn. Uh-huh. And, uh, and he's real. Second uh, Corinthians 4.4 4 calls him the God, that would be little g, the mm-hmm. God of this world. Jesus calls him the ruler of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, 1 John 5.19 says the whole world lies under the power of the evil one. 
You can't explain it all away, right? Right. It doesn't mean that he is directly causing every bad thing that happens, mm-hmm. but in in some sense, <clears throat> his influence extends over every nation and person, even every person in the world that has not been rescued by Christ. Yeah. That the gospel has gone to, and that uh, the terminology that is used is. We've been rescued from the domain of darkness mm-hmm. and brought into His marvelous light. Right, right. And we, it, Paul, same author here, in, earlier in Ephesians, he describes us as being uh, a child of wrath, like the rest of mankind, under the influence, following the prince of the power following of the air, the prince of the power of the air. Right. Another terminology for Satan. Mm-hmm. And. Psychology can't rescue from the, rescue from that. Right. There's no psychology and no education. There's nothing that can get mankind out of that. Yeah. Uh, what what's required is a supernatural rescue. Yeah. That is what Christ does for us as mm-hmm. He rescues us right. from His power. Yeah. And when you've been rescued from that power, that's what Ephesians is about. Mm. The gospel is well. The gospel is explained in very glorious terms, like high level theology of election and. Uh, being blessed with all the this inheritance and being through uh, Christ's resurrection and our unity with Christ, our oneness with Christ, being placed up in the heavenly places with Him, um, and then He says, "Now that you're a Christian, here's how you live as a Christian." But after He says all of that, He comes here and He says, "Oh, by the way, <clears throat> um, you're now engaged in a cosmic war." <laughs> right. Hey, I, I save I save the last part. You're now engaged in a cosmic war against this mega powerful being. Right. So put on the whole armor of God uh-huh. so that you'll be able to stand against him. Right. So. Uh, and I think it's important to again emphasize that the that Satan is not the equal opposite of God. Right. Like a lot of people they they view God on one side and Satan on the other and it's mm-hmm. like this cosmic tug of war. And yeah, there's who's that. Go, really, who's going to win? It's, there's that, you know, it's polarized. Have you seen that really corny uh, painting? It's like the dev- <laughs> yeah. like the devil, like arm wrestling Jesus. Uh-huh. Like, no, yeah, his arms getting snapped off in half. Right. So it's important for us to to yeah. remember that. Also, uh, uh, my dad at the end of it, he's like, "Hey, make sure when you talk about the thing, if you do your uh, podcast, make sure you, people know that he's not uh, omnipresent." Yes, because he pe- he is a he's cre- he is a creature. Because people right. think that. Right. They're like, oh, the devil's everywhere. Yeah. But he's not. No. He has some type of being, and he's located in a place. Like, he's somewhere in the universe right now. Yes, he he has to be someplace. Right. Um, he, he can't just be extended everywhere. Um, he doesn't... Um, he's not all-knowing. Now, he's, no. like you said, hyper-intelligent. I mean, he's been around a long time. He, he's been around long enough. He knows how humans work. He's like a chess player, but on... The world stage. Right, right. So he's he is hyper-intelligent um, and hyper-malevolent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's not everywhere. Um, you and I probably have never come into contact with him. Right. But he also has a host of, of fallen angels, mm-hmm. right? So there... Luther I, said Again, he, there are demons. You know, Luther met him a few times, he said. I And I would imagine that Luther... Um, you know, at that time, and uh, what Luther was engaged in, 
Yeah. Um, I imagine that, that that had the devil's attention. Should we tell him they're his preferred method of scaring I him think away? We, I think we have before. <laughs> <laughs> Luther's crazy. Scares him away with a fart. Yeah. <laughs> He's wild, man. <laughs> He's wild. Right. Uh, I think that just shows, I mean, that's uh, his disdain for the devil. Right. That's what he's getting at. Right. Uh, but I wouldn't doubt that he had, maybe, I mean, experienced him or met him. Yeah. Because of the grand scale of what was happening in the Reformation. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's also important that Christians realize that they are no longer um, slaves. They've been set free. Right. Um, you know, Jesus talks about binding the strong man mm. so he can plunder him. Right. That, that's what's going on. That's, right. that's what Jesus says is happening as he's casting out demons. Uh-huh. That's what's happening. Um, he's, he's, he's plundering the devil. Yes. Uh, yeah, of, his, of his possessions right. throughout the nations. And uh, the, as the gospel goes forth, Jesus is just, <laughs> he's just ransacking yeah, we don't uh, need to the fear. Devil. We don't have to. We don't have to fear him. Um, you know, James even says if you resist the devil, he'll yeah. flee from you. You resist the devil, he flees. Right. That's why you don't turn your back. You, right. You face. You resist. He has to flee. And so, and, and you don't need to fear. Think about it like yeah. this, George. Like, uh, we're the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. We're His. He purchased us with His blood. Right. We, we belong to Him. Yeah. We're His possession. Right. <clears throat> if you're going to come into my house, and and harm my wife, you're going to have to literally bind me. <laughs> right. right, you're going to have to incapacitate. Well, the, but now we belong to Christ. Yeah. We belong to the most powerful mm-hmm. being right. in existence. Right. The scale and level between Christ is the difference between like a gnat and a, I don't know, a mega <laughs> lion, okay. a mega lion. All right, like the different. Uh, th- there's no contest. Like yeah. so, so we we don't need to run around afraid. Right. Some people are like afraid. Like oh you know, yeah. I think, don't need I to think be we I think we see um, a, a kind of a full orbed view of the devil in the New Testament. So first, we need to recognize that the death of Christ actually affected the power of the devil. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he says in John chapter twelve, now is the ruler of this world cast out, mm-hmm. right? Um, Jesus could say, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, we are uh, not to blaspheme the the glorious ones. You know, uh, Peter warns against that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we need to respect the fact that they are powerful. Um, we're to be on our guard. Right, because he's he ro- he roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he can devour. He want he wants Christians to be afraid, mm-hmm. um, so he can devour them. Right, uh, but we're called to resist him. Mm-hmm. We see that in Ephesians chapter six. I mean, yeah. what what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to stand against the evil one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but at the same time, we have trust that through the death of Christ. Jesus says, you know, Paul says in Colossians chapter 2 that through the cross, he's actually put these evil powers to open shame. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's that's <clears throat> Jesus' work, mm-hmm. not ours. Right. It's it's not ours to go around binding the devil. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> right. Um, but we can trust the fact that through Jesus' work, the devil has been put to open shame. Right. And we, we don't have to fear him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's not. He's not everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's I don't know how that even became a thing. Yeah. <clears throat> um, 
What's interesting to think about though is like he apparently can like move through now if he could move right? and now if he can move at you know 13,000 miles per hour I'm, sh- I'm he sure can, he can <laughs> he can he can get around here's a side sidebar when he tempts Jesus does he like teleport Jesus yeah i don't know what happens there it's so mysterious right like hey he's, he like, takes him he takes him from like, the wilderness to the yeah, pinnacle of the temple it's in an instant right he's there yeah um he just just moves like so he can, he's he's uh, got power yeah. of some type right but, yeah, he's not everywhere. He's located in a place, and that um, that that again it, it emphasizes what Jesus has done for us on the cross. That these powerful beings that hate us, um, we should be on our guard against them because mm-hmm. he hates us even more now. Um, Revelation right. chapter twelve says that he he goes off to make war against the the saints mm-hmm. um, because he knows his time is short. Right. Um, so we need to have a, a healthy respect for him. Um, we can't just be like, ah, devil can't touch me. Like yeah. he, he, he has his schemes, and uh, you can be tripped up and devoured. But because of what Christ has done, we are secure. Right. We're, we're safe. Yeah. We don't have to worry that the devil is going to yeah. um, be able to, to snatch us out of his hand. Well, yeah. yeah, we can't be taken back. Right. Uh, but there are, uh, there are schemes, right? Schemes of the devil. And that's yeah. your third point. That there are strategies of this evil one, the supernatural evil one, and um, so let's let's talk about these. You you had the you had to scurry through these because it was twelve o'clock when you hit this point. <laughs> yeah, but this is uh, you know we we need to understand that there are strategies to deceive people, and nothing's off the table, right? Right. Um, so you you divided these into the most common, um, the common, and then the very rare, mm-hmm. right? Um, so we we are looking at the text, right? Mm-hmm. We're supposed to stand against the schemes of the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about these. Okay. Let's talk about these. These these are not harmless. No, he, no, no. He's, we He's, don't think about them near enough, I, I think. Yeah, right. You know, if you're going engaged in warfare, which is warfare language, yeah. you're going to want to know the tactics of the enemy. Mm-hmm. Like, what tactics and what capabilities will he try to employ against me? Right. And if you know them ahead, you're prepared. Yeah. And we're often not prepared. We just never think about it. Okay. All, All right. right. So let's, uh, if you talked about your own experience in the military, mm-hmm. that you had to know the the weapons right. the tactics of the of the evil <clears throat> yeah, the evil one, ones right one, the the, yeah, the, yeah. the the enemies yeah had to memorize like all of Russia's vehicles and what weapons could go on them and how they are likely to be employed and uh, we had to take the same type of care mm-hmm. like because this is this is real and he's actually he's like planning and it doesn't have to be directly him but the text also tells us that there are other other beings right. that are are with him in this rebellion. Uh-huh. And they are together engaged uh, to stop. I think they want to deceive as many people so mm-hmm. that they don't hear the gospel yeah. and they aren't rescued. Um, and he wants to destroy the church and to destroy the faith of Christians. Right. And so we should know what tactics he's likely to employ against us. Okay, so let's talk about some of the most common ones. Okay. Some of the most common ones. These are the ones that we'll run into. Yeah, yeah. And I think the most common theme that's been employed for history and that we are likely to run into is the uh, 
what I kind of labeled uh, a, the scheme of presenting a counter-truth to God's revealed Word, a counter-truth to God's revealed Word that seems plausible and desirable, right? And we see this in Genesis 3. That's yeah. how he tempts our first parents. Mm -hmm. Did God actually say? That's how, okay. it, that's how it always begins. Did God actually say that? Yeah. No, no, no. You know, like, what will actually happen, you won't really die. What will actually happen is you'll become like God. Mm -hmm. Isn't that desirable? Right. Don't you want to be like God? Mm -hmm. Which the whole irony and the twisted part of this is, is we're our, they're already <laughs> like God. Right. They're the most like God created being in the universe. Mm -hmm. They have his image. Right. Satan does not. Uh, and that's uh, speculation again, but I think it's the most probable explanation is that's probably why the devil rebelled in the first place, that he's a glorious one, right? Right. And then God makes man and even in, more, his, in his image. And even more glorious. And even more one. glorious one. Um, and, and out of pride, he rebels and, mm -hmm. and he tempts Adam and Eve. Right. I think it's a, uh, again, we can't know for sure, but mm -hmm. it's definitely a, a plausible explanation. Right. Yeah. Would you say, and these counter these counter narratives to the truth, would you say maybe um, materialism and, and like evolution would fit into this? Like here's the, here's this this supernatural explanation for the world. Here's a here's a more plausible that right. even though it's it's ridiculous nonsense, the universe creates right. itself. W yeah, would, yeah. Would that would that fall in this category? I think I think it could. Yeah, it would fall into. Uh, so we the terms that we use to describe these things are like meta narratives, mm -hmm. right? Right. So here's a counter right meta narrative. Yeah. Here's a counter cosmology to what a, God a wor has said. A worldview. A, a whole different worldview than what God has said. Okay. And it even seems plausible, right. you know? Like, the way it's explained, it seems like mm -hmm. it could really be. Right. It's got to seem real. Right. It can't be far-fetched. Right. It's got to be close enough to deceive. Though... <laughs> Some of the materialist <laughs> right. explanations of right. you know space aliens right. millions of years ago they planted some kind of biological seed yeah. on Earth. That's Richard Dawkins. <laughs> uh -huh. Richard Dawkins, because he knows right. He knows like every other scientist that biological life <clears throat> doesn't leap into existence right. from nothing. It's got to come from other biological life. Right. So, yeah, so space space aliens is more. Is more uh, you know, for them, yeah, <laughs> trustworthy than because space the aliens of the don't scripture. make demands on your life. That's right, like God does. They disappear, right, and they never come back. God makes moral <laughs> demands, right? Yeah, and space aliens, don't. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we see this all all over the place. Not even that's a big scale, but on a mm -hmm. small scale, I mean, you know, um, people justify it all the time. It's, you know, I don't think they get a direct revelation from Satan or demons, but there's definitely influence. You can hear the same things. Like, you sound like the devil. Did God actually say that you can't have sex before marriage? Well, uh, but we're ha we're happy. Right. Um, and God wants us to be happy. We're not hurting anybody. We're not hurting anybody. Um, we love each other. All God really cares about is if we really love each other, and we do. We do. We love each other. You know, there's so many of these. Did God actually say divorce is a sin? Well, but you got you got married too young. You you didn't you didn't make wise decisions. You married the wrong person. Right. Um, 
you're just a kid. You know, you're older now and you're not happy and and you're young enough, you'll find someone else. Yeah. God wants you, God and God wants you to be happy like that. He wants you to have a good family. So it's you know, you see and, and it's all kinds of things. Same yeah. thing with like like homosexuality is a big one. Did God right. condemn homosexuality as mm-hmm. an abomination? Did he did he really or was that like just the culture mm. that that was talking back then? Yeah. Did God really feel that way? Um Sodom and Gomorrah wasn't really destroyed for that. It was it was because of hospitality. <laughs> right. right? There's the counter truth. Yeah. Um, this is about power dynamics. This is yeah. about abuse and power. Um, so two consenting adults, God's happy with that. Go, you know, that's all that matters. And these could go on and on. Right. And that's the most that's the most common. Um, the other another most common is appeals to base human nature. Yeah. Um, uh, First John two sixteen, mm. lust of the flesh, lust uh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Right. That's what's listed there. Okay. And you, I mean, if you just think about these things in your own life, how you've been tempted, it fits perfectly, right? The the, the lust of the flesh, to be dominated by pleasure seeking. It, it, it's it's a lot of times it's sexual in nature, mm-hmm. but a lot of times it's not. It's just to be satisfied in the things of the world. Uh, to kind of some people jump from thing to thing, right? They fall in love with some new passion, gives them a lot of pleasure. Eventually, it wears off. They'll fall into something new. Give them a lot of pleasure and happiness. They'll fall into something new. That's the lust of the flesh, mm. and it, that's. I mean, he's done this for millennia. Yeah, uh, these strategies to the desires of the eyes, envy and covetousness. This is the reason why God forbids this in the Ten Commandments because the road that envy and covetousness will lead to is like destructive in a whole range of. <laughs> I mean, we're seeing it in our own culture. I mean that that is what that is what. Um... Critical race theory is being driven by. Mm-hmm. It's being driven by greed and envy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look look at all the look at all the stuff that white people have. Well, we should have that too. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you you probably saw the uh, the Black Lives Matters person saying, you know, loot, loot, uh, take whatever you want. Right. Um, these uh, these companies they've got insurance. Right. Um, that's reparations. Right. She says that's reparations. Right. Like that's greed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, just take take what you need. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's driving it's driving a lot of this stuff. Right. Yeah. Envy, uh, covetousness, the mm-hmm. desire of the eyes uh, to want more than what it's to not be satisfied in what God's given you. Yeah. Right. God's providentially placed you where you are, and when we're to learn to trust Him and to be satisfied in Him. Yeah. And the desires of the eyes. That's a tactic that's used to lead to a whole range. I mean, it can it can lead to terrible things, even murder, mm-hmm. hatred, murder, right. uh, pride of life, to be self-sufficient in oneself. You don't need anyone or anything. Right. I've seen that attitude in people before, and that can go to even God. I don't need anyone or anything, including even God. Yeah. You know, um, or r- religious people, and this this is why his tricks are so uh, he's so crafty. Because just when you think you're doing so well and not falling into these common sins, you may start to think too highly of yourself, right? You say, well, look how much I've progressed in the Christian faith. <laughs> right. I don't sin. I'm not doing... I don't do what they do. Yeah. And, and then you forget you have nothing apart from Christ. You're nothing. Right. Without Him, you'd be uh, dead in your sins still. Yeah. And so the, the traps, they're so subtle many times, and... 
easy to fall into. These are the most common ones. Okay. Well, how about common ones? So there's the most common ones that yeah. we're we're just even as Christians we're battling these. Mm -hmm. um, but now we're a little less common, but right. still we see it all over the place. Yeah, common. So in this category, I put um, the <clears throat> propagation of idolatry and occultism. Okay. Which people might think, well, that seems rare. But it's really not. Historically, if you look at the history of the world, every nation on the world has been engaged in idolatry and occultism. And if we if we really think about what those those elements are, we'll see how common they are. Yeah. Even even for Christians. Yeah. Right? Even today. Okay. So, what what do we mean by idolatry and occultism? <clears throat> so Lloyd Jones, he was very helpful in this section because he did like thirty sermons on this passage. <laughs> Of course he did. <laughs> now, I didn't listen to them all. Uh, yeah. But I did. I couldn't resist listening to... Uh, I didn't listen to all of them, but I listened to some of them. He's got one on, like, spiritism and the occult, and mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I probably should go back and listen to them all. So they're very interesting. Um, but idolatry is the worship of false gods. Right. And Or images. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's, that's associated with it as well. Um, the and worship of false gods, and we're not talking about. Um, I'm spending too much time in front of my TV. No, that's an idol, right? Uh, that that is an idol. It is of the heart. It's idolatry, right? And we, yeah. as Christians, we're always combating idols of the heart. Mm -hmm. That would probably be up in the most common. We're yeah. talking about actual idols. Yeah, actual right? idols, actual false religions. Yeah. So, I mean, today you you could go to uh, India and walk into a temple and see an actual image right. of a god, mm -hmm. or what they would say is a god. Yeah. People will be worshiping it. They'll right. walk forever to go, and they'll bring, like, money and food and stuff and put it there, valuable yeah. things. Now, so we transport ourselves back to the worldview to help us to understand this. Around the nations of Israel, every nation on the earth had, had gods. Mm -hmm. They had a pantheon of gods that they worshipped, and really a main deity as well that they would worship. And that uh, Baal, Asherah, uh, what's Moab's god? Molech. Chemosh. Chemosh and Molech. Chemosh and Molech. And then there's all the gods of Egypt, mm -hmm. numerous gods of Egypt. Right. And then you you know fast forward just a little bit, you have the whole Greek pantheon of mm -hmm. gods, and then you have the whole Roman pantheon of gods, and right. then you know just a little ways up the way, you've got the Celtics and the crazy blue people, and then you've got the Nordic <laughs> men worshiping Thor and Odin and right. all this, and every society on the planet uh -huh. has a pantheon of gods right. that they worship. That could be a fun rabbit trail too, but I'm not going to chase it. Okay, <laughs> but. It's the worship of false gods. Right. Tied into this worship of false gods is, and even today this, this occurs in false religions, is the occult. Occultism mm -hmm. is a practice of tapping into the spiritual realm to gain power, yeah. um, to gain power in order that you can influence what happens in this, in your present, yeah. um, with a desire to, uh, for your future. And so tied into to occultism is all kinds of strange things, which we'll get into. Really at the heart of paganism and occultism is a, is a desire to, uh, to... It's like a system, right? If I do these certain things, ball is going to make it rain. Our crops will flourish. Right. you got to get his attention through cult prostitution. Right. Right. This is why, this is why God gave the... The, the third commandment, don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Uh -huh. A lot of it has to do with this this occultism right. of trying to appeal to the God's name to 
get them to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and God, Yahweh, <laughs> he's not like that God. He's not like Baal that yeah. you can, you can, um, you know, yeah, ha- have some kind of sexual relationship, and he gets excited and makes it rain. Yeah, like God, Yahweh is not like that. Right, and a- an illustration might be like you know Doctor Strange, the Marvel character, uh-huh. where he will do like like he may do a certain movement, yeah, and uh, it able it's able to unlock some some power, yeah, and he's drawing power from I, I don't even remember another dimension, <laughs> yeah, right. It's very much like that because if you would say you like go to Ares's temple, like mm-hmm. say you're a military commander, you're about to lead your soldiers into war. Yeah. Well, someone may hold a scroll up, to, right? Mm-hmm. And if you say these, ma- they're literally magic words. Yeah. If you say these magic words and then perform the thing, you have to do it just right, though. Yeah. And if you do it just right, then you get the Ares blessing, mm. and your enemies will be cursed. Okay. And you can so it's. And we think, oh, this stuff is just what, what happens if your what happens if your enemy does the same the same thing? Yeah, I guess it's a battle. <laughs> Do they of cancel the, each other out? It's a battle of the uh, false gods okay. at that point. <laughs> right. But this does this stuff doesn't happen anymore, though, right, Jay? Especially yeah. not in America. Right. Like we're too enlightened for this. Yeah. We don't we don't do magic. Yeah. So the whole desire is to is to control one to to uh, do certain things to get the blessings of the gods. Uh, to control one's future, whereas we're told that uh, God is in control of everything in our life, and what we're to do is to rest and to trust in Him. Um, now, all of the stuff all around Israel, and even that goes on today, we think it's just superstition. Mm-hmm. Like, this stuff doesn't really—it's not real. Cultism, tapping into spiritual power is not real, right? Um, but it is. Uh, God condemns it um, outright. It's forbidden, the worship of uh, false gods is forbidden by God. Um, it's not looked at as a superstition. What they practice and what they worship is uh, called demons. Mm-hmm. God calls them demons, right? These fallen interdimensional beings are what are behind these false gods. That's what's being worshipped. Deuteronomy 32 tells us that. Paul tells us that in 1 Corinthians 10, that this is demonic. And the occult part of it, tapping into spiritual power, is not a superstition. It actually happens, yeah. and it's forbidden by God. Uh, and you can go to Deuteronomy, um, where is it? Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 12, and that's where God explicitly lists um, the practice of trying to tap into the spiritual realm to gain power from these beings. Mm. Uh, people did it, yeah. um, and it's forbidden. So God says, when you come into the land that the Lord your God has given you, you shall not learn to follow the abominable practices of those nations. They're not, there shall not be found among you anyone who burns his sons or his daughters as an offering, anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or in, who interprets omens or a sorcerer or a charmer or a medium or a necromancer or one who inquires of the dead. For the one who does these is an abomination, mm-hmm. right? Um, so these things, these things, these things happened. They're part of the ancient world, but they're not just part of the ancient world. They go on today, yeah. uh, and that's uh, divination is the practice of seeking seeking supernatural knowledge to understand what's going to happen in the future or to manipulate your present. And uh, there are various techniques. Astrology. Then these are listed in the. These happen in the Bible, by the way. Astrology. Mm-hmm. We know what that is, looking at the stars to tell one's future. 
that's um, horoscopes today. And, and that's, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen professing Christians post something about horoscopes. Yeah. Like this is stuff that people are still right. treating at least semi-seriously. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the King of Babylon has astrology. He has these people, astrology, astrologers. Right. They're all over. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're in his uh, den of magic men. <laughs> you call it that. Uh, <laughs> right. Hepatoscopy is the practice of mutilating an animal mm-hmm. and then staring at its entrails. <laughs> right. It's particularly the liver uh-huh. to get an omen to interpret an omen. Um, and that seems to be like worldwide, which yeah. which is odd. Like these things are worldwide. Well, maybe not so odd because maybe they're influenced by the same demonic mm-hmm. activity worldwide. Right. Um, I mean, they did this stuff up, and they're doing this in the Middle East, but they're also doing it up in you know Denmark and Norway. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all over. Those uh, rabdomin rabdominancy. It's where you like make take arrows or sticks and throw them out on the ground. Uh-huh. And then you interpret the omen. Um, Ezekiel 21 describes the king of Babylon doing all of this. Now, the people that do these things are called sorcerers, charmers, and mediums, or necromancers. Yeah, That's listed in the text. They're all forbidden. What's interesting is it appears somebody may be able to do all of them, sorcery, charming, be a medium, and a necromancer, or maybe just one, uh, but they may be able to do, do all of them. Yeah. Uh, a sorcerer is another word for that would be witch or magician. That's if you I looked at the Hebrew of all these words. They're all different. Mm-hmm. They're not the same thing. Yeah. Pharaoh has these people, sorcerers, mm-hmm. magicians. Right. They're tapping into uh the supernatural realm, a demon, and they're actually doing powerful displays of supernatural things. Right. They're mimicking Moses mm-hmm. at first. This isn't like a sleight of hand. They're actually doing it. They they weren't keeping snakes up their sleeves. Nope. To... <laughs> nope. Okay. It's supernatural. Right. Now, now the demonstration of what happens is between Moses and these magicians is is whose God's more powerful. Right. Because God keeps upping the ante. Yeah. And then eventually the plagues happen. Yeah. And and these magicians are powerless to stop. Yeah. The eventually plagues. they're like, we can't do this. Right. Right. <laughs> And what it shows is all these gods of Egypt are false gods. Right. There's one true and living God, and no one can oppose him. Yeah. And the plagues are specifically targeted at the various gods of Egypt. Yeah. Like, God can do this. It's Your God can't do it. Yeah. That's very, it's very interesting the right. way God does this. Yeah. It's spiritual war- warfare. Now, a charmer is somebody who would infuse, like, infuse power into an object. Mm-hmm. Like, it's more than a good luck charm. That's what it is. It's a good luck charm. It's a yeah. charm, right? Right. It's forbidden in the Bible. You can go into all kinds of places today and buy charms <laughs> yeah. that have been supposedly infused with magic, right. crystals, and all kinds of weird things. Mm-hmm. Stuff still happens today. Yeah. There's mediums. That's different. A medium is someone who can channel a god, which we know is not... It's a demon. Right. But they can channel a god for supernatural power. So yeah. in Acts 16... This girl is said to have a python spirit. So the the root of that, if you follow what that means, is she's said to have the same spirit that the oracle of Delphi had. Okay, that's what's being claimed, mm. and it's probably probably true, because she's apparently interpreting the future. Okay, and she's making her she's a slave girl making her owners very wealthy. So she's 
channeled as a medium some supernatural being. She tells the future. Um, Paul recognizes what's going on, casts the demon out of this girl. Yeah. And she can't do it anymore. <laughs> right. And and then her slave They owner, get mad. They're really yeah. mad about it. Yeah. Act 16. I have. That's a medium. Right. Um, necromancer is someone who reaches out to the dead. Mm-hmm. Now, all these are forbidden. All of them still happen today. That's what's interesting. Yeah. Not um, in, not in Lot in Oklahoma, though, right, Jay? Yeah, yeah. But did, they, did you know that there's a magic shop here? I didn't know that. Uh, it's called Curious Goods. It's on Ferris. It's on Ferris uh, Ferris Avenue. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I'm on their site right now, and they sell tor- uh, tarot cards, uh, oracle, and ruins. Yeah, there you go. Ru- uh, ruins, sto- stones, sta- statues, uh, incense, books. I wonder mm-hmm. what kind of books they sell. Jay, I don't know. Maybe magic books. Uh, maybe uh, altar and ritual tools. Yeah, uh, that's here in. Lot in Oklahoma, southwest Oklahoma. We've yeah. got what a, a bazillion churches. Yeah, you got a no, uh, this Nordic paganism is on the rise massively. Yeah, of this. Uh, let's uh, let's take a break. Okay, and we'll come right back and pick it up. Okay, all right, all right. We're back from break. Sorry okay. about that. All right, yeah. all right. To... That was a little. That was a little sudden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, well, we were talking about um, you know the the kind of the Norse paganism that's yeah. on the the rise. Yeah. Um, we've got some we've got some brothers here at the church that have talked to uh, a guy here in in town that he he's got an altar mm-hmm. like he's got a pagan altar. He he thinks that uh, Odin and Thor like these are <laughs> real guys. Yeah. And uh, it's, biz- he- it's bizarre stuff. Like. But this is still going on. Yeah. This this is not something that happened, you know, a thousand years ago. This is happening today in America. Yeah, and it, it is on the on the rise. Uh, can I drop a Can I drop a bomb, Jay? What? I mean, we've talked about this before. Uh huh. Um, why Why do Why do the uh, the Black Lives Matters? Why are they always so heavy on say their name? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I like, forgot all that, about this. Is that just is that just to remember them? Well, that's not what they say. That's not what they say. Yeah, tell us what this what is they... part of African paganism. That that is, they're, they think they're tapping into their ancestors. That's what she said. Uh, what yeah. is her name? The um, founders, the, found, of, the founder, the founders of, of Black Lives Matter. They have explicitly said they practice magic. Yes, that's why they chant their name, say uh-huh. their name, say they're... their name, because this is part of. African tribal paganism, and they're drawing that they're on drawing the power from of the, their ancestors. Yeah, yeah. So when Christians are being brought into this, and they're saying that they're they're using the same rhetoric of say their yeah. name, like they are becoming partners, even if they're unknowingly becoming partners with occultism. Yeah, uh, this you... is not this is not innocent stuff. Right. I have an image in my mind of seeing Lecrae do it. Do you remember when Mm -hmm. Lecrae marched and he was doing the Say Their Name stuff? He's screaming it, Say Their Name. Yeah. And they're chanting their name or whatever. Uh, You've seen the video of the the Black Lives Matters um, rally where all these these people are sitting on the, sitting, gathered, and they've got their hand. They're prostrate on the ground. They've got their hands up, right? Their hands are in the air and they're chanting. Yeah. Like the person is leading them Mm -hmm. in in like a chant. Yeah. And the and their and their hands are up. It looks like what you would imagine you'd see in a pagan temple, <laughs> right? And they're all chant or sent, repeating the same phrase that they're being told to say. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's it's this subtle 
reintroduction, I guess, of paganism into our society, and and people are unknowingly becoming involved in this stuff. Right. All the schemes and strategies. Right. Of the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the necromancers, mediums, charmers, sorcerers, so you, uh, the, stuff, the stuff, the Bible doesn't talk about this as superstitions. Right. It talks about it as people doing this. Yeah. Um, and the and them being like a gateway to the other realm. Yeah, magic, it's not this Disney, you know, this Disney fairy tale stuff. Mm-hmm. The Bible seems to present magic as something that some people are actually able to do, right? Yeah. And it's not—it's um, not like it's portrayed on in movies. Right. It's more of tapping into this spiritual realm where there are spiritual beings, and it's not the—you're not tapping into Gabriel, right? You're right. you're <laughs> you're tapping into a Molech. You're right. Yeah, you are. And the use of mind-altering drugs has been used for mm-hmm. going back forever in humanity to do, yeah. to to facilitate and to help to do this. You uh, you talked about this in the sermon. We should have we should play it if you have it available. Mm. The of Danica Patrick. Yeah, um, she's NASCAR driver. What is she? Is she the first female NASCAR driver? Or is she just the I most? Pro- she, I think she, she was the, the first. Prom- I think she's the oh. one. She like broke the ceiling or whatever. Okay, you know, so she's the... you know she is um, she's she's famous. I mean, she's done commercials and um, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you uh, you shared a clip with me of her actually talking about talking yeah. to an interdimensional being. Yeah, yeah, and being <laughs> advised by this interdimensional being yeah this is and this is going to trip everybody out because the link this is how this stuff links to the modern ufo phenomenon okay the uh uaps Uh that they're calling them now but uh yeah i'll pull up that that i sent you i'll play it right now on the air okay um it's uh all you're all you're here is the audio i'll hold it up yeah i'm gonna hold it up here to the microphone hopefully it'll come through um but yeah, you can go to her podcast, the okay. Danica Patrick podcast, uh-huh. and it's the one where she talks to Dr. Stephen Greer, who we'll talk about in a second. Okay. Let's see if you can hear this. I have. I exist in other uh, in other planetary systems and other dimensions. I have. I have. I have guides that are from other dimensions helping me and that's happening all across the world, and that they're here to help guide us into um, the. Uh, continuing to be the next state of consciousness and when we finally become a peaceful planet then just like you said i heard that we become the next group of extraterrestrial that then go into other planetary systems <laughs> that's wild stuff man yeah danica patrick is a, a mainstream person yes right this is a, nascar is the most popular sport in america uh-huh. okay way more than baseball and football yeah. and basketball right which blows my mind i don't understand it She's what's called an influencer. She has, uh, through just through social media, people like her have the ability to influence and spread their ideas to millions of people. Another one is Demi Lovato, who's a singer, a mm-hmm. uh, famous singer, and she has the same experience through meditation at a place called Joshua Tree, which I'm guessing is some state park somewhere or something, some isolated place. Yeah. Um, her and her friends... <laughs> 
were doing meditation and seeking to access these beings, and they did. Yeah. And she's taken pictures and posted it on her Instagram mm. of these. Uh, well, it just looks like energy almost. Okay. You can't really see, uh, tell exactly what it is. But, and she says the same thing that she, this was a spiritual awakening for her when she contacted, was contacted. Wow. Had, with these beings, and not long after that, she came out as non-binary. Yeah. Um, so we've uh, so we've talked about Genesis six um, on here before of of the sons of God, most likely fallen angels, mm-hmm. um, having sexual relationships with human women and the Nephilim, and um, so there's there's been this interaction between heavenly beings, spiritual beings, and humans mm-hmm. before. Um, can you imagine if, you know, spiritual beings, glorious ones, showed up in, you know, quote-unquote spaceship right. and said, we're here to usher you into a higher a higher realm, yeah, a, higher, right. a higher level of thinking? We're bringing you into your next evolutionary stage. Like, the whole, the whole world would... Right. <laughs> Follow them, right? Right. And that's what uh, Stephen Greer, who's the person who influenced Danica Patrick and Lovato, mm-hmm. he's maybe the most, uh, he's the UFI, UFO guy. He's been studying UFOs for apparently like three decades. Yeah. He was a doctor. This was guy was a doctor. He worked in an ER. He yeah. did trauma surgery and all kinds of stuff. And he left all of that because of the contact he had with these beings. Mm. So he created this technique uh and if you listen to him describe it, really, it's based in Eastern mysticism, and the idea—it's pantheism, really—the idea that there's a universal consciousness to the universe, and because we're conscious, we have a we have a consciousness. We're conscious; these beings are conscious. We're able to directly connect with them. So he said, you know, after he's had numerous encounters, he said, "I quit my medical practice because my role is to become an ambassador and to help other people to become ambassadors so that we can get humanity connected with these beings. Mm. And uh, what they, he says what they told, have told me is that when we do this, like when enough people, I guess, are engaged with them, that they'll usher us into an, the next level of being wow. that will will enter a time of peace and prosperity. There'll be no hunger. There'll be no crime. There'll mm. be no oppression. Uh, there'll be unity. And so I'm thinking, these beings, and, and I, I don't think this, I think he's telling the truth. I think he has direct contact with them. They're offering the kingdom right. without the king. Yeah, That's what they're offering. They're offering the kingdom without Jesus, yeah. or they're trying to. They can't deliver, but that's... Uh, it's another. It's another gospel. Yeah. Now we. I mean, we're talking about this stuff, and it's it's so unusual. It's so weird. And, it's and, so crazy. And Christians probably don't. There. We've been we've been programmed to hear this stuff from non-believers, and say these guys are kooks. Yes. Uh, and some people may be listening to us and thinking these guys have <laughs> gone off the deep end. Right. But if we're if we're tying this into the spiritual reality. Right. And if we're remembering our eschatology, uh-huh. um, the the scriptures seem to point to um, a, a a man of lawlessness, Second uh-huh. Thessalonians chapter two. Yes. The world is going to be given over to delusions, mm-hmm. and they're going to believe lies. Right. The man of lawlessness is even going to be able to perform 
supernatural signs, signs right? And the whole world's going to go after him, right? Right? Um, who's not going to go after him? Christians, Christians, right? Yeah. Like believers are going to say, "This is a lie." Yeah. That, that we're, what we're talking about is not space aliens. We're talking about demons. Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking about um, the schemes of the devil to deceive not just little pockets, but the whole world. Mm-hmm. And Christians are not going to fall for the lie. Um, and so, in order for this this next level in order for the world to enter into this peace and prosperity, who's got to go? The Christians. Right? It's gotta, it's gotta, the Christians are the ones that are holding us back. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you can tie this into our eschatology. Yeah. Like the final rebellion against God, mm-hmm. the, final, the final persecution. Um, and just when I, I think, if, if I'm reading Revelation correctly, which <laughs> it's always up in the air, <laughs> if I'm reading it correctly... Just when the world thinks that they're they're going to snuff out Christianity, Christ comes back. Right, yeah. um, and um, so uh, you mean that, the Lord, who's a warrior? That's right, the who, one who has a, a who sharp the, two-edged sword. Who coming is pictured out of the in the Old Testament as wearing armor? Right. Who we're told to put on uh-huh. his armor? Right. We'll get into that next time. Yeah. Next time um, and but uh, this, this, again, we're I'm I'm not I don't want to you know we're not being these end times conspiracy theories where we've got it all mapped out and it's, you know, just a couple of years from now. And, right. you know, I mean, we don't know. Um, but at least to kind of have a biblical worldview and see that, again, like you said, um, the, the, I think that the main point behind all of this is the sufficiency of Scripture. Right. Like, the, the world is going to see, you know, an, uh, you know UFO. Mm-hmm. We need to have a biblical category for this and know that the scriptures speak to the, these issues, even if it doesn't talk about, you know, unidentified flying objects. We do have a category for that. The scripture is sufficient for us. Um, we, God has granted to us all things pertaining to life and godliness. The, right. the scriptures are God-breathed and they're profitable so that we might be complete. And so we have a category for this and and... This, I think, fits into our biblical cosmology, but I also think that we're seeing eschatological stuff going on. For sure, for sure, we are. And again, you've got to resist the urge to think about this like a materialist. Right. This, this, that we're talking about, we're still on the common. Yeah. Common. (laughs) Widespread deception. Yeah. and if you look in the past, how has how has the enemy engaged in this? Well, it's to create, it's to uh, have people believe in supernatural uh, um, beings, Thor, uh, Baal, and if we do certain things, they will prosper our community, right? It's this, yeah. So, but we're too enlightened now to believe in guys that that hurl thunderbolts. So there, there's so, yeah. You see this in in the Old Testament. There, the you know. Ahab and Jezebel, they're worshiping Baal, who's who's the the god of rain. Mm-hmm. Um, Elijah has prayed and said, Yahweh says, you're not going to have rain for three years. Mm-hmm. Why do they hate Elijah and <laughs> Yahweh? Because they, they think they're an enemy to us getting rain. Right. Instead of saying, well, Baal isn't the god of rain. It actually is Yahweh and going and serving him. They say he's an enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Ahab finally sees Elijah, he says, is it you, the troublemaker of Israel? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. He's the troublemaker. Um, so we we can't, again, we can't think in this materialistic view. We're, we, 
we're in the West in the 21st century and we're surrounded by technology and we, we think we're too sophisticated to fall for this stuff. The devil's schemes, they're going to change a little bit to fit into our, our categories. So we think of technology now. And so maybe the devil is going to have a scheme that it looks like UFOs. Right. Right. Yeah. But it's still a scheme of the evil one to, mm. to deceive people so that they're not trusting in the gospel. Yeah. They're going to be trusting in these interdimensional beings. Um, they may not be praying to the dead, but they may be praying to interdimensional beings. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's just, it's just uh, reworked right. a little bit for 21st century America. I was shocked when I saw the, the, the uh, Danica Patrick thing. Because, yeah. again, you know, the, the stereotype, this is a Southern girl. Well, <laughs> right. What do you think about a Southern girl? Yeah. She's grown up in the uh -huh. Bible Belt, uh -huh. probably. Right. She's talking about being guided by interdimensional beings. <laughs> right. This is not like we think, oh, that some kooks are into that. That's right. hippie stuff. Uh -huh. um, this Dr. Stephen Greer influenced her. She influences others. He made an app that's mm. world. I mean, it, it's worldwide. It's on Google Play. It's on um, Amazon. It's on po uh, 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 iTunes. Mm. Do they still do iTunes? Yeah. Apple still. Uh -huh. And... Uh, his, his whole purpose is to teach people to these techniques so that they can communicate and have access and encounters with these beings. Hmm. He's, trying to, he's trying to teach them all to become mediums. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's, it's just being repackaged for, yeah. our, for our 21st century mm -hmm. te technological age. But it's the right. same stuff. Yeah. It's the same stuff. So we've got to have this. We've got to have this spiritual supernatural mindset we've, we've got to have a biblical worldview of right. the biblical cosmology because the schemes that they, they may look a little bit different but it's the same stuff yeah it it's is. the same stuff and so we've got to you hear this stuff of her talking to an interdimensional being and they may have this category of aliens we go back to deuteronomy where god is telling israel not to talk to dead people it's the same. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. So we have a, a biblical category, and they're not actually talking to dead people, right? right? They're talking. <laughs> they're talking to to, to to demons that are impersonating their grandpa, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> you know. Um, so we've got to have a, a biblical category. Mm -hmm. You're right, and and those those are in the common realm. <laughs> okay, and that's and and people are thinking that's not that's not common. It is. In the it, absolute, in, it absolutely is. In the history of man, yeah. that's common. It absolutely is. Yeah. The rare, the rare. That's okay. Let's talk, yeah. Let's talk about the, the rare. The rare we classify as explicit displays of evil supernatural power. Okay. Again, in the West, we're not going to see these because the tactic in the West is for people not to believe in supernatural evil. Okay. Because you will connect the dots, right? Like, mm -hmm. if, imagine if you saw a demon possessed person right. with supernatural strength. Unable to be contained or chained by anyone, they can yeah. break any bond that mm -hmm. you place them in. Um, imagine if you were to see that, mm -hmm. and they were to do supernatural feats, yeah. and the demon talks through their mouth. Who <laughs> right. yeah. people are going to go? Hold up! <laughs> like <laughs> evil exists. Yeah. Uh, maybe the maybe there's good, and maybe what the Bible says that there's a cur there's one who comes to crush yeah. the serpent's head. Maybe he's real. <laughs> maybe Jesus actually did die on the cross to set us free, and maybe then now I believe in him. Right yeah, now. we're we're uh, we're conditioned to only think of this in terms of Hollywood. 
Like right. these are just these are just movies, right? right? These are just Stephen King novels. These this isn't actual reality. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, you're you're right. The de the devil he's he is hyper intelligent and he he knows how to deceive, and so he knows all the right tactics. Yeah. So he, he's he's like the he's like the Uber general. Yeah. Right. He's like Alexander the Great to the umpteenth degree. Mm -hmm. Like he knows how to. He knows how to conquer. It'd be a poor tactic to use here. Yeah. But this stuff still occurs in other parts of the world, uh, third world countries. Yeah. It's, it's occurring. It occurs mm -hmm. there. Um, it happened all the time in the Bible. Right. Demonic possession, right? Mm -hmm. Don't buy into, well, hey, they were just having seizures, and they didn't know what was going on. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. I think people knew the difference even back. People aren't stupid back then. We talk about ancient people like they're stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure they know what a seizure is, and then if they see someone that's, like, um, talking, and it's <laughs> right. not the person talking anymore, Yeah. and not only that, they're, they have superhuman strength. Uh-huh. Like, that's different. Right. <laughs> people have seizures that they don't talk to you. Yeah. Uh, right. It's demonic possession, and so Jesus' ministry, he regularly cast out demons, mm -hmm. and and that's a, uh, a picture of... His kingdom coming into conflict right. with the kingdom of darkness right. that he's plundering even before we get to the cross, and that's how Jesus explains it. Um, that if I if the the only way that you can uh, plunder the strong man's goods is to bind the strong man. Yeah, that's the that's kind of the metaphor he uses of of casting a demon out of mm -hmm. someone. He binds the strong man, he plunders his goods. Yeah. And that's what he's doing. He's plundering the kingdom of darkness. Yeah. And as he demonstrates, he has power over evil. Yet the evil ones must obey Christ because he has that much authority. Right. They're even afraid of him. They'll fall down before him. Um, because like, again, they'll prostrate themselves. Right. Before because him. again, the son is not like another angel. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, and so the kingdom's plundering uh, is the kingdom of, of Satan is being plundered by Christ even before he gets to the cross. Right. So that those would be rare. Now those rare things do still occur um, in the world: yeah. demonic possession and even maybe even hauntings and things like that that mm. you would think of. Um, so now we're talking about ghosts, Jay. Is that, is that the well, direction yeah, I, we're going? <laughs> I, you know, I don't think that, that they are ghosts. Yeah. I think they're right. these beings. Yeah. Um, but those would be rare. Yeah. Um, the other rare one that I put again, I'm not, I'm not like the expert demonologist guy. <laughs> these are just the categories I put them in to help me wrap my brain around. Them. Yeah. So another uh, other uh, widespread um, rare. Explicit displays, I think, of evil happened on, uh, on two occasions, and Paul warned about it in, in Galatians. He said, even if an angel from heaven are to preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, uh, let them be accursed. Mm -hmm. So don't believe, even if an angel, one of these glorious ones, appears to you. Now, Paul was just using hyperbole, right? Like, uh, angels, yeah. angels don't actually come and preach to people, right? I, there are people that would believe that, I guess. But. Well, I, I mean, you gave two examples, yeah, and I, I, th I think you're right. It's I, you're, I think you're at least right with with the first one that you gave. Right. Yeah. Which happened. It happened in uh, in the seventh century uh -huh. in the Middle East. Uh, Muhammad was meditating. There seems to be a theme with meditation. <laughs> 
with meditation <laughs> in these right. beings. Yeah. He's meditating in a cave uh-huh. um, on a mountain, and he's visited by an angel named Jabril. Now, the encounter is interesting because he's seized, and he feels like he's being crushed to death, mm. which is also a common thing of demon possession. When people are possessed, they feel like they're being crushed. Uh, he feels like he's going to be crushed to death. And he tells his family, he tells his family that um, he thinks that he was demon possessed. Yeah. This is in, uh, this has been recorded by Muslims. Yeah. This is, this is not just like right. making stuff up. Like he wrote this, right? He, he told his own story, didn't he? Um, well, that part was recorded. I don't know okay. if he wrote it. Okay. He was recorded and passed down. Okay. His family convinced him, no, you've received divine revelation from okay. divine revelation from God. Yeah. So he's, changed, you know, he said, okay, well, maybe that's right. You know, yeah. Went along with that. <laughs> and that's the beginning of Islam. Yeah. Right? And then he set off to yeah. conquer the world. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, sounds exactly like divine revelation. Yep. <laughs> right? Uh, and then the, the the Mormon religion. Yeah. Both of these have deceived millions. Now, this one, this one is a little more suspect, but he does claim to have been visited by an angel. Yeah, Joseph Smith right. claims to have been visited by the angel Moroni. Moroni, I believe, twenty-two times. Now, the like now that. the pro- the problem with Joseph Smith is that he seems to be a notorious liar, <laughs> because <laughs> right. because yeah. his story changes. He sees Jesus, and then he sees Jesus and the Father, and yeah. and he, his story changes. Interestingly enough, apparently Joseph Smith was into magic. Yeah. Before he uh, he had this encounter. Encounter. Right, and uh, was told that all branches of Christianity have been corrupted. Right, <laughs> like oh well, <laughs> I wonder who would I wonder who would tell him something like that. Yeah, <laughs> so revolutionary. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it could be that I, I, I you know, the, so the founding of Islam and the founding of um, uh, Mormonism, both coming from supposed angels mm-hmm. giving messages um yeah it's and so millions have been deceived by yeah maybe yeah. the preaching of demons yes yeah yeah uh, of angels actually coming and preaching another gospel mm-hmm. so those would be the the very rare yeah yeah and so those are the the main ones so. all right well we've talked about all this i mean if if people have never thought about this before, if, if these are new categories for them, they're they're probably trying to wrap their brains around this. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Because we we have been kind of um, conditioned to think in a certain way in the West, and we're above this, and we're you know this we know this stuff isn't real, and and um, so why are we even talking about this? Um, so you uh you gave three three reasons why you think that this is you know, a, a threat. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's talk about that real quick. So I'm trying to think, okay, this UFO stuff and people see these videos, mm-hmm. what, what are, we have an enemy. He's like always a hundred moves ahead of us because yeah. he's like a grandmaster chess player. Right. What's going on? Like, what are they? Is, is he doing it or demons doing a demonic activity? Don't know if it is or not, yeah. um, but how is it likely to be used? I think number one is the destruction of people's faith. Um, he want he wants to destroy 
that uh, people's trust in the Bible, and I think it will happen. Yeah. People will will see this stuff, and they'll immediately go, technology, highly sophisticated beings, not from Earth. God never talked about that. Yeah. Can I even trust God? Is the Bible all fake? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They'll that trail. People will go down that trail. Hopefully not. If they listen to this, they won't. They won't now. But uh, that's one. And I didn't want ha- that to happen to anybody in our church. Right. So just get it out there in the open. Yeah. Yeah. Right up. Right up front. Number two. There's a counter narrative possibly being uh, will be presented. A counter materialist narrative, okay. which you can kind of see already coming from. Danica Patrick <laughs> right. and Stephen Greer, uh, that there are beings out there that want to usher us into another uh, phase of human existence mm-hmm. where there's there's no crime, there's no suffering anymore, yeah. and and they'll do that for us. Uh, that is a real possibility, right. and in that in that materialist scenario, um, I could see like um, us believing. All there is is intelligences in the universe, there, and so we leave what we would call religion behind altogether Right. when we enter this mm-hmm. phase of super-secular humanism or whatever. Yeah. And then the third one would be possibly they're presented as like, hey, there's a fake existential threat to mankind, Yeah. and so we've got to unite as a world. So Like an Independence Day right, scenario. Yeah, yeah. And so as we unite as a world, it sets the stage for perhaps this man of lawlessness. Okay. To control and have total domination over everything. Okay, I don't know that. Again, that's speculation on my right. part. Number right. one, number one, I don't think is speculation at all. The goal is to destroy people's faith. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, where do we go from here, Jay? I mean, what? What? Um... Uh, you got to put on the armor of God, George. Okay. That's where. That's where we go. Okay. So that'll come up here in two weeks. We'll okay. do that. We'll go through the passage. Yeah. Putting on the armor of God. So we're we're. You know, this this is a lot of wild stuff. Yeah. Um, and it can be maybe a little overwhelming, but we come back to the sufficiency of Scripture. Yeah. Um, this isn't changing the message of the Scripture. It's not. It's not changing the uh, the overarching story right. of the Scripture. It, it simply is um, emphasizing something that we have de-emphasized for so long, and that's right. the spiritual realm. Uh-huh. That there, there actually is a spiritual realm, angels and demons, the devil. Mm-hmm. These are not mythological creatures. These are not just you know symbols, metaphors. They actually are real. Mm-hmm. Um, there actually is a conflict because the devil and his angels are actually in rebellion against God. Yeah, and they have, um, they have deceived mankind into joining into that rebellion, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they have schemes. And there is supernatural elements to those schemes. Like we're yeah. we're not living in just a, a an empirical world, a materialistic world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We need to remember in all of this that um, that Christ has already been victorious right. over all of these mm-hmm. uh, forces of evil and darkness, even right. the evil one himself. First John three eight says the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Yeah. And he did crush his head. The prophecy was fulfilled. Right. At the cross, Christ triumphed over all of these. Colossians, as you mentioned earlier, Colossians 2, 13 through 15, which it, it does, we should always remember the propitiation 
uh, of Christ, yeah. right? That We emphasize that a lot, mm-hmm. that substitutionary atonement, that right. Christ died for our sins to reconcile us to God. But another component is the victory, right? the victory of Christ, Christ mm-hmm. the victor, and that he has conquered over all of these, all of his enemies, and he's, he's crushed the devil's head. The devil is like a wounded animal. Like, think of a, an animal that's been shot on a hunt or something. Like, if you shot a, a bear and he's running around in the in the wild, you probably would not approach. I like how... Don't, um, appro- don't approach, because you're going to be attacked. Yeah. And so he's got a mortal wound to his head. He's dying, and right now he is in a rage. Yeah. Right? I like how uh, David Chilton in his Revelation commentary, talking about Revelation 12, you know, the devil has been cast out of heaven, and he... He's on a rampage. Mm-hmm. Um, he describes him as uh, like this gangster on the run, mm. like this deposed gangster. Um, he's he's his empire's falling apart, and so what does he do? Does he does he you know turn himself in? No, he he goes Bonnie and Clyde yeah. right on this <laughs> on this just, yeah. this rampage. Yeah, right. That's that's what the devil is doing. Yeah, yeah. He's like the Joker on a massive scale. <laughs> Just right. wants to see the world burn as he goes down. Yeah, um, right. Uh, but what's interesting to me is this passage in, in Romans sixteen twenty. Mm. Yeah, is that though Christ has crushed his head, uh, Paul then like uh, uses that terminology now to apply to the ongoing work of the church in the world. Right, and it emphasizes the importance of the church, like we're to put on the armor of God and stand against the schemes of the devil, but. Like he, the the local church is the place where this is occurring. Like yeah. you don't be on your own. Right. You don't stand a chance on your own. Like there's no Rambo's. Right. We've said it before. Rambo is not a real thing in the military, and it's not in the Christian life. Romans sixteen twenty says the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. That's that's to the church. We we actually take part in the victory of Christ. Yeah. He's the one that crushes the devil, but. By union with Christ, we also mm-hmm. get to crush the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reminded of First John chapter uh, chapter five, verse four. Uh, Everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world: our faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we're 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 part of this. Yep. Um, and it's uh, it's all because of God's grace is it? to us yeah. in Christ. Yep. Yep. All right, Jay. Well, it's uh, definitely been an interesting one, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> I hope that this has been helpful for you. Um, as we're we're again trying to show the sufficiency of Scripture, the Scriptures uh, they they speak to these issues, and they're reminding us of the supernatural elements that are in God's creation, and how are Christians supposed to respond to it? So, hopefully, this has been helpful. Um, I encourage you again, go back and listen to Jay's sermon. And, uh, you know, uh, this is supposed to help us to become more and more conformed to Christ. So uh, until next time, Jay, live long and prosper. (laughs) (laughs) Nice.